Hello, and welcome to Marking Out with My Girlfriend. This is my girlfriend, Erin. This is my girlfriend, Kat. And sometimes we forget that we're supposed to talk about wrestling and talk about a million other things, and that it's a work. Is it a work that we talk about other things? No, that's a shoot, because I have ADHD. <laughs> okay, that's fair. I just keep up well, really. Let's start with the first and most important thing from this week. The Women's Tag Team Tor- Deadly Draw Night 2. You want to go back to Night 1? Do we want to go back to Night 1? Not a bad idea. May as well. So the whole point of the Deadly Draw is everyone's drawing a color from a bag and they're matching colors to find their partners because there is no women's tag division AEW mm-hmm. but there might be after this and I'd be really excited for that there were a lot of I like the, the the teams that we've seen so far have been good mm-hmm. like I don't know that they have like I don't know that too many of them have like team permanency but there's a couple that I wouldn't mind seeing again I agree so on night one, we got started off with the Nightmare Sisters, who just happened to draw each other's colors. Right. Nothing to do with Allie pulling out the exact color that Brandy had while Dasha had her back turned. Uh, I, I do love that. That went very well. And they were up against Mel. Remember Mel? She's back in tag form. <laughs> Remember Alf? He's back in rock form. (laughs) Yes, that that is the joke, yes. (laughs) In case people aren't weirdos who are obsessed with The Simpsons like you and I are, I figured I... I think that's just our age range, really. I didn't start watching The Simpsons until, like, regularly didn't start watching The Simpsons until college. Because I wasn't allowed to. Because my parents thought that Bart would be a bad influence. Little did they know. That I'm basically actually just Lisa. Yep. <laughs> but not a Leo, uh, but not a neoliberal shitbag like Lisa. Lisa has no praxis behind her fucking activism. Yep. It's almost like she's a cartoon written by, you know. Neoliberals. Yeah. You <laughs> have to get past whatever Fox says is okay. So that means you didn't go through the summer of Who Shot Mr. Burns. No, I did not. Oh, wow. I was allowed to watch South Park before I was allowed to watch The Simpsons. That, okay. Or more to the point, I had the desire to watch South Park before I was allowed to watch The Simpsons. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Anyway. So Mel's back in tag form. And she teamed with Penelope. Yes, Penelope. (laughs) Depending which other wrestler you ask for her name. (laughs) So, yeah, you kind of get the vibe through this match that Mel is still very mad about the whole shaving, shave your head because Brandy said so thing. And she volunteered for that, too. Like, she she was a rando from the crowd for that. And then it went nowhere. No, it really didn't. But she's kept the shaved head, which looks really good. So, yeah, throughout the match, you got to see that Mel really hasn't forgotten about the Nightmare Collective storyline. As much as everyone else seems to. And she kind of took a lot of joy in hammering on Brandy. As as is reasonable and to be expected. Yeah, yeah, totally. Now, unfortunately, I was rooting for Penelope Ford and Mel to win here. As was every red-blooded American. (laughs) But I knew that against hope that it was going to be the nightmares just going on. And they did. It was a very good match. I just would have liked the way I would have liked it. If that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. For our second match on night one, we had Anna Jay, accompanied by the Dark Order, and Tay Conti taking on Nyla Rose and Ariane Andrew. She hasn't wrestled in like three years, though. Yeah, she didn't look bad in this, though. Yeah, we have maybe different opinions <laughs> on that. 
Okay, for probably as much work as she's put in in the past month for this, she didn't look too bad. She picked up a lot of it. Yeah, it just, I don't know. There was, I'm just a little wary of the amount of, like, WWE unwanted. Okay, but you can't really use that as, as a metric for AEW's hires, because at one point WWE had, like, half the wrestlers in the world or something under contract. Yeah, but I think a lot of the criticisms that people had of Cameron still hold true of Ariane Andrew. Fair. Now, I don't think she's getting signed. I don't think she's going to really take up wrestling as a full-time thing again. I didn't think so either. At least I don't think I've seen anything like that through her Twitter. It was fun, though. Like, And more to the point, it did a good job of getting Tay Conti to look really good. Yeah. Also, it just reminded me how much I love having Nyla paired with Vicky Guerrero. <laughs> They're so wonderful together. They're so catty. I love it. I love both of them so much. Just like they they realize that Nyla is very good at sass. Vicky Guerrero is very good at sass. Let's put them together and like just double double down on just, just let this them have angle. fun. <laughs> let them have fun by making fun of people. Yep. <laughs> and here in the last couple of weeks, just on in the dynamite crowd is great. Because mm-hmm. you know, they're like so every recognizable. Time, every time they get cut to, it's the two of them just laughing. So like they're 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 always like pointing and laughing at someone who's been like topeed outside of the ring or something yep, like that. Yep. So yeah, no, it was I I I just enjoy the two of them so much. Mm-hmm. Now, unfortunately, Nyla didn't win in this one, which makes sense because she's definitely a singles wrestler, and you don't want to saddle her with a tag team for a long time when she's a singles wrestler now Anna Jay and Tay Conti work really well together Mm -hmm. I would be surprised if we didn't see Tay Conti coming back for singles competition because she's very good we're at least going to see them in the next round of the tournament I hope that they win so that the Dark Order can win something I don't think they will because of who they're facing next week (laughs) who are they facing next week uh, next week, I believe they have uh, Eva Lisa and Diamante. Yeah, that'll. Yeah. 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 Okay, that's fair. <laughs> we haven't talked about it yet, but Tony Khan is not the only one on commentary for these women's Deadly Draw Tag Team Tournament Cup matches. Tony who? Tony Schiavone. I'm so tired, Aaron. I've had a week. <laughs> you call me out every time I get in here wrong. Okay, fair. Give me this once. <laughs> okay, so Tony Schiavone is joined by a very special guest commentator. Someone very dear to my heart. Someone who I love very much as well. Veda Scott joined Tone on commentary, and the commentary quality went up dramatically. <laughs> it's like, she knows who these people are and what they do. And she you know, knows how to call women's matches. I would like to see her come back and, like, just be part of the regular commentary rotation. I think having a woman on commentary regularly, especially one as talented as Veda is, would be overall very good for the health of the women's division Mm -hmm. in AEW, but also for the health of the commentary team. Definitely. I think she could do... She'd do better on Dynamite than Taz, as Producer Eitzer has said. I don't mind Taz, but he's just got a way about him. Yeah. Okay, so, like, my thing is, when you have Tony, JR, and Taz together, you have a collection of himbos, and you need someone with intelligence to balance out the himboness. <laughs> I was about to say, like, I don't mind Taz on commentary, but he has... Very much the same energy as Tony and J- and Jr. Right, because they're all himbos. Yeah. <laughs> so you definitely need someone different. Right. Someone very quick-witted. That was a role that until, you know, people got upset about him and they had to suspend him. Excalibur filled, but I yeah. think Beta Scott can fill that role really well. I don't think we've still seen a, any any uh, release on him. No, do you think they just like? I mean, like they've t- they let go of three people this week. Yeah, they let go of three British people this week. 
but I don't think that was the same kind of issue. One of them was. Be priestly, too. Like, a lot of the, not to get too, a lot of the coming out stuff when it came out about, like, you know, the British scene, she was indicted in all that, too. Like, she, you know. No, she, she was involved in the same stuff as Osprey. So it makes sense that they would release her if they're releasing people. For... But then they also like go to Sadie Gibbs, who, yeah. Maybe they just didn't like her. It's possible. It could be maybe something in the contract was more binding than they intended during a pandemic. It could be a lot of things. Yeah, I don't know. The other one, unfortunately, I won't miss. Yeah, no, I won't miss either of the other two. But yeah, no, they AEW generally doesn't publicly confirm when people are being released you know no but they did do the public announcements for the suspensions during the speaking out movement mm-hmm. and since excalibur stuff would have been the same vein as that i i expected them to yeah it's interesting that he's just not there anymore yeah there's been no mention of it outside of a couple of jokes from taz anyway, anyway. <laughs> i have news oh no excalibur's coming back to commentary august 26th okay so that's what two weeks yeah so they gave him a one month suspension sent off his pay to somewhere else that's that's what i expected yeah no and like from from the vibe that i got like you know doesn't seem like he this is as of august 11th so it's not too too it's pretty recent yeah it's a couple days ago so i'm thinking that like maybe he just needed it was a good idea to just take some time off, you know? Yeah. Not even to let the heat blow over, but to be like... So something was done about it? Yeah, I messed up. I've apologized for it before, but I will take time off and, you know, take that time without pay to show that I am contrite. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what happens on the 26th then. Would that be the 26th or would that be the 29th? Because Dynamite's getting moved the next couple weeks. Is it? Yeah, because of NBA games. So Dynamite is going to be Saturday next week. Oh, I might actually be able to watch it. I mean, you could probably have a watching party of it if you wanted. Which means we have to find other stuff to talk about for next week. Yeah, like... Like GCW. GCW. <laughs> I will try to sit through GCW okay. without looking away too much. GCW is not that bad. Like, yes, you get mdk versus 440h <laughs> but it's not that violent it, it's no uh was it deathmatch circus was that God, the one what, we had on the other day what the fuck did we watch this weekend let me pull up iwtv oh it was icw no holds barred oh, okay and it was the no holds barred deathmatch circus volume five that we watched oh jeez. And that one had a couple of murder clowns. Yep. And a couple of clowns get murdered. Yep. It was actually a pretty solid, pretty solid card for, you know, the middle of a fucking (laughs) field. You know, the middle of a fucking field in Jersey. (laughs) I mean, like, there was a barbed wire match. Tony Deppin was there of murder Deppin kill fame. (laughs) I can't believe he got away with that. (laughs) The only reason he got away with it. It's because Nick fucking Gage is injured. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, so uh, we got to watch Ohio get dramatically booed. Emphatically, holy crap. Yeah, so like one thing that you're going to get every time it's a Jersey crowd is the 440H guys, because they're all from Ohio, mm-hmm. are going to get booed to death every <laughs> single time. Because nobody... In Jersey likes Ohio. There are certain people in Ohio who I love dearly, but I hate Ohio. Yeah, no, that's fair. I think I've driven through Ohio once. Ohio, in terms of like what its vibe is, is like okay. Yeah, no, um, Cedar Point is the the one good thing in Ohio. That's not true. There's also the Cleveland-style Polka Hall of Fame in not in Cleveland, <laughs> not in but Cleveland, gotcha. close to Cleveland. Does close to Cleveland also rock? No, it polkas. Oh, okay. But I did, I did have to travel to Cleveland for work one time, and 
the fucking Poker Hall of Fame was closed every single day that I was there, except the day that I had to leave two hours after my flight left. Oh, jeez. Okay, so yeah, I drove through Ohio once to go to Indiana. Did you take, like, 90? I don't know what we did. I was, like, 12. <laughs> oh. Oh. Okay, I thought this was for, like, Adepticon. No, we go through, like, Windsor and avoid everything. <laughs> yeah, go go through Windsor and then just try to avoid everything. Would you... This is just rooting discussion, but would you take, like, 94... Or would you take 75 and then 70? Nobody cares about how you get to Adepticon. This is the worst podcast ever. <laughs> I'll be honest, I, I haven't driven it. So I don't know. Uh, oh, you take 94. There's Kalamazoo. Okay. So you, you take 94, they just go around uh, Lake Michigan. This is the least compelling content anyone has ever produced. <laughs> The only way it could be more boring is if we started talking more seriously about, like, things to do in, I don't know, Akron. Okay, but from there, what's the best way to get down to West Virginia? Specifically Point Pleasant. Okay, so if you're going from Akron to West Virginia, mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure you're just taking I-77. Okay, that makes sense. And then that'll get you, like, at basically straight down to charleston like it's a straight shot it's really not the interstate highway system is one of the greatest things that america has ever done okay but how do i get to point pleasant in west virginia from maryland going the opposite way wait going the opposite way in about eight hours is this a reference to the mothman prophecies yes, it is. Because, like, I don't think you could eight hours it from many places in Maryland. Most places in West Virginia, probably. Unless you're in, like... I mean, yeah, okay, so you could, in theory, get from, like, very Western Maryland. Because I'm pretty sure Western Maryland borders West Virginia. So it's not that out of the question. But at the same time... Uh-huh. <laughs> One of the <laughs> so when I when I was going down to Washington one time with my brother to look at apartments for him to move into, because he was going to grad school in Washington, we ended up getting on ninety five because everything around Washington is a loop. We ended up doing two circles around Washington before we realized we were going the wrong way and turned on the GPS. <laughs> nice. I think we like basically got. We we spent way too long circling around, like, but yeah, no, I, eh. I originally wasn't going to include this in the podcast, but we've gone too long now. I have to. Yeah, you probably do, huh? <laughs> this is a this is quite a chunk of it, actually. <laughs> anyway, we're still on the tag team tournament <laughs> for night two. At least. For night two, so we have Rache Chanel and Leva Bates with Peter Avalon versus the Swole family. Yep. I did love how Leva finally got to do the shush and she kind of like leaned real into it, which she kind of gets angry at Peter for doing sometimes. <laughs> mm -hmm. But no, it was, it was very cute. Cause Leva brought out a book about fashion for Roche. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I, I get that she's part of what is a mixed stable in the initiative because Peter is a heel, but she and Brandon are ostensibly baby faces. Ah, uh, she's kind of a tweener. Like, she really gets involved in stuff. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, she really is. But yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it was a fun match. The Swole family was very obviously going to win because none of the initiative are allowed to win matches. No, they're, they're really not, unfortunately. I guess we should say the Swole family was made up of Big Swole and Lil Swole, who is Nikki Savoy. It's important that you say Lil Swole, yep. not Little Swole, no. because Beta will correct you. <laughs> oh, goodness. That was a really good interview. Actually, I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, like, I think I think the Swole family has a lot of strong potential to be, you know, in whatever 
women's tag team becomes in AEW. Yeah, and they already have chemistry. They've already done this tag thing for a while. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're just missing Medium Swole, who is Shayna Baszler. Actually, I do believe it's Big Swole, Little Swole, and Just Right Swole. (laughs) I'm pretty sure it was just Medium Swole. (laughs) I I know, but I like Just Right Swole. (laughs) So yeah, no, there was a lot of there's a lot of fun that we had in night two. But yeah, so Ivelisse and Diamante win that because they're the established tag partners. Yeah, we've seen them before. We know they're great. We know their match next week is going to be great. You know, that, that's not a big problem. I was really surprised by Dasha, though. Oh, yeah. No, like, Dasha's been training with Billy Gunn for a while now. Mm-hmm. She was on The Rock's version of, like, Ninja Warrior. Yeah, the Titan Games. Yeah, and she did pretty well. And Billy Gunn was there cheering her on and everything like that. Of it was course. very sweet. But yeah, the, the first, like, right at the beginning of the match, Dasha ties up, gets a wrist lock, and gets a top rope arm drag. Mm-hmm. Just from this, like, I'm sold. She knows what she's doing. She's a little bit slow on execution, which you expect. Right. But... She knows what she's doing. <laughs> Considering she's had what? Like before this one, two matches ever? And not on, on AEW? Yeah, let's. I'm going to pull up Dasha on Internet Wrestling Database. Rachel Eller, Ellering, on the other hand, is very established for the last few years and was only, hopefully, was only let go by WWE earlier this year because of an inju- injury she got. Yeah. Okay, so her two matches are the NXT Largo show from April of 2015. Okay. Where she teamed with Becky Lynch and Dana Brooke against Alexa Bliss, Carmella, and Devin Taylor. And then the match for the Deadly Draw Night 2. So, like, she definitely hasn't wrestled a lot. No. (laughs) But it's kind of nice to see her get that little bit out there. A little thank you for all the work she does do outside of that. She does a lot of work. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's worth noting that Tasha was not doing any ring announcement for the women's tournament, which is what you'd expect. She was doing backstage interviews. Mm -hmm. Because Erin, who was doing our ring announcement? Shaw Guerrero. She is uh, Vicky and Eddie's daughter. So yeah, it was, you know, it's very funny. Where it's like, Oh, hi, Mom. (laughs) In the first match. (laughs) She's actually doing a really good job on it, too. Oh, she's great. And it'd be nice to have, you know, a rotation of ring announcing staff, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. They're all very good. Yeah. Like, it's nice to know that you have the backups there in case something were to ever happen. And, like, it's also nice to know that you can, you know, have more talent doing interviews. Yep. Because, like, AEW doesn't do a ton of interviews. No, they've moved a lot of them onto, like, the social media exclusives. Mm -hmm. I think because they saw how well the social media promos worked in the indies. Yeah. Like, especially with guys like Warhorse. (laughs) It got them on AEW, so yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, like, you know, the whole, like, Warhausen group of, like, you know, people who mostly do YouTube promos. Yeah. It works. And, like, it shows you could still have success at putting yourself over by just doing promos. Yeah, it's kind of a cornerstone of the business. Yeah, so... It's what it really sets it apart from other combat sports. For sure. So, yeah, no, it was it was good. I am excited for how things go. Yeah, the semifinals are lined up now. We've got the Swole Fam taking on Nightmare Sisters. And Eva Lee and Diamante taking on Tay Conti and Anna J. Mm-hmm. And I really want the finals to be Swole Fam and Eva Lee and Diamante. That would be really good. I have a feeling it's going to be Nightmare Sisters versus someone. I don't want it to be. I respect Brandy a lot. I think the storyline's interesting. I just don't need another Rhodes winning a title. Yeah. When you've had two tournaments this year and they get won by the same family, it uh, it doesn't look great. 
it doesn't look like it was you know like i i understand at the end of the day that it's a work yeah it, it's all the storyline but it's like on the overall it's like eh, it looks a bit weird yeah no like it looks like creatives playing favorites mm-hmm. for the evp and the chief branding officer yeah anyway did you watch dark this week i I'm gonna be honest, I didn't have a lot of time to watch Dark this week. I watched most of Dark this week. I didn't... I, I literally wrote down, Kevin Penelope had matches. I like those. <laughs> Honestly, like, I get what they're trying to do with Dark and everything like that. It seems like AEW has a lot of talent, but the second, like, that second episode that they're supposed to be having every week, eventually, when the pandemic ends, I guess. Mm-hmm feels very wishful yeah because the dark matches haven't been they haven't had a whole lot of weight behind them no so we want to take a break for mid-roll yeah why don't we head over to the mid-roll and find out mid-roll mid-roll everybody's talking about the mid-roll 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 it is really gay i will be honest i didn't watch the second match Ivelisse and Diamante taking on Dasha and Rachel Ellering? Yes, because I forgot to. (laughs) You just turned off the stream after the first one? No, I watched it afterwards on YouTube, and then I got distracted by something. Okay. Potentially the fact that I released a game on Monday? Is that what you did on Monday? Is that what I did on Monday? Yes, it is. Oh, I see. So, yeah, no, that that was why... I got a little distracted. I was working on finishing my game, which you can buy by going to catselesnia.itch.io. Interior, the mess hall and the orum. Man, it sure is great to wake up to a nice, refreshing cup of coffee. Wait, who are you talking to? (laughs) Why, Plex, our wonderful listeners, of course. (laughs) Course. Just like the coarse grind I get on my coffee from Grinding Coffee Co. What kind of spice are you on, listeners? Coffee? (laughs) Why, the delicious spice of my medium roast Mexican chocolate coffee blend, my friend, delivered straight to our airlock in an airtight bag. The beans are as fresh as the day they were roasted. I'm so confused. You're not talking any sense. (laughs) I'm talking about Grindin' Coffee Co. Why don't you tell her and our dear listeners a little bit more, Miss Narrator? Thanks, Space Dumpster. Grinding Coffee Co. is a black and LGBTQ plus owned coffee business that delivers coffee straight to your door. They have a coffee for everyone from K-cups to cold brew to blended and more. This high-quality taste will leave you wanting more. Available in whole bean, ground, or espresso grind. I did not sign up to be on a haunted ship. No matter what time you order, your coffee is always roasted the day it ships, so you're guaranteed fresh coffee. When you're ready to get yourself some fine coffee, head over to the referral link in the show notes and enter code SOSAS at checkout for 10% off your order. That's S-O-S-E-S at checkout for 10% off. Oh, what the actual criff. What matches from Dynamite do you want to talk about? Obviously, we want to talk about the $7,000 suit (laughs) match. That was very good. But for this week's arc, I actually enjoyed the Dark Order against the Young Bucks a lot. Okay, yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I was a little bit disappointed in the end with just the quick roll-up. Mm-hmm. Because Dark Order had such a commanding lead throughout the whole thing, it's kind of, it's kind of where those matches go like that, right? It like, I don't know. I understand that the Young Bucks are the Young Bucks, but at the same time, like, either Dark Order is a threat or they aren't. Yeah, and you can't keep ranking them so high and giving them title shots and then have them keep losing. Yeah, there's got to be a point where someone in that group gets on a real streak. And I really hope it is Uno and Stu, because I love watching them together. You don't want Silver and Reynolds to go on a hot streak? Honestly, if Silver and Reynolds did, I would love it. I think it would be amazing. If only for how funny it would make Dark. Yes. 
Actually, can you imagine what BTE would be like with that? Yeah, I mean, like, there's just so many good things that could happen from... I want Silver and Reynolds to start winning, because I think it would be funny. If for nothing else, just so Silver stops getting paper thrown at him. No, I want Brody <laughs> to still hit him with... I, he should still get papered. Okay, that's fair. Because, like, at the end of the day, the Meat Man is kind of a himbo. Yes. He put all those points into strength and physique. <laughs> so what else is there to talk about from this week? I mean, I could talk about the whole show, really. Okay, I'm going to just take take a moment to take umbrage. A moment of umbrage. This is like, what's your beef, but <laughs> more mild. Okay. <laughs> it seems odd to have in the middle of a women's tag team tournament, a night called Tag Team Appreciation Night and not feature the matches. Like, barely a commercial for it. Barely a mention. I mean, it is good that we'll be getting the finals on Dynamite. Yes. But, like, could they at least have done, like, a clip promotion? Right. Like, a good solid one? So, huh. I don't know. It and just seems it... like AEW's typical treatment of their women's division. And it's been annoying too, but because the women's tournament is going on, I think they're counting that as the time allotted for women's matches. Because she just had like a match the past couple weeks, and she's gotten maybe eight minutes total. Yeah. In the past two weeks. It's it's a thing. It's frustrating. You can say that again. It's frustrating. Thank you. No, but I'm kind of of the opinion that if they're going to do a second show. They need to deliver on the promise of the women's division and actually have real women's matches. Yeah. And I think Cody needs to get his head out of his ass and start booking intergender matches. Yeah, him and Tony Khan, I hear, don't aren't big fans of them. Tony Khan's a billionaire, though, so he still gets the chop at the end of the day. <laughs> I don't give a toss about his opinion. Yeah. And he's the one helping book the show. Unfortunately, we have to. Yep. But yeah, it's like, j just stop dragging and just do it. Just, just do it. You will, it's really not that big of a deal. Impact already is. I have to wonder if they're losing out on, like, some really good talent because of it, too. Mm-hmm. It's like, we all saw Omega and Rio against Kip and Penelope. Penelope. <laughs> Okay, Aaron, how much wine have you had? Half a glass. Okay, you're fine. Uh, I'm just <laughs> My mouth doesn't work, we know this. Uh, no, but like, and that match was amazing. Yeah. It was so much fun to watch. Then like, you know, not to keep dragging up dead promotions. In fact, let's not. Let's talk about how Beyond does intergender matches. Yeah. Let's talk about how GCW does intergender matches. GCW does intergender fucking death matches. And, you know, the typical excuse is, Ooh, it looks like it looks like domestic violence. It looks like, you know, a man assaulting. There's there's a thing that happens when two wrestlers sign a contract before they perform a match. That's called informed consent. It's kind of important. And, you know, when you give informed, enthusiastic consent to have your back smashed with light tubes, then it's allowed. Just, like, get your head out of the McManosphere and into what good wrestling can be. And let there be intergender matches for the performers who want to do them. And for fuck's sake, let Lufisto challenge for the TNT title. Yeah, she will kill Cody. I'm pretty sure she's bigger than Cody. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Cody's also Cody's also beefed up. It, it's weird because Cody has the reputation of being a quote unquote small guy, but he's six one. Yeah, because he's always been kind of scrawny. I mean, like he's he's gotten beefier. Yep. You know, not the amount of beefcake that Jericho has turned into, but beefier. <laughs> Jericho looks exactly how he needs to right now. That's fair. Because like it wasn't long ago that he was like a lot more cut. Yeah. It's really just a matter of him wanting to do what he wants to do. And if he, you know, like, I'm not making fun of Jericho. Body positivity. Chris Jericho looks fine. 
for a man who is still wrestling at his age and shouldn't be shamed for it. Yeah. Because frankly, the way you have to live to look like you do as a WWE performer requires that you're basically constantly dehydrated. Yeah, you basically have to be a bodybuilder at that point. Right, and like part of bodybuilding is strategic dehydration to make your muscles look bigger. Why the like buff dudes who happen to be on Survivor always start to somehow look better as the show goes on. Mm-hmm. And it's because they're really dehydrated. Although they've recently, in more recent seasons, started giving people wells so they don't have to collect their own water or anything like that for safety reasons after the time that, like, fucking three people almost died of heat stroke during a challenge. So, for the listeners, I've been really into watching Survivor lately. On our date last night, Eric and I ended up watching, like, two and a half episodes while we talked about everything and anything and everything under the sun, among other campaign among other things but it was it was nice to have as like a background thing and it's a good thing for me to have on in the background while i'm at work because you know like i'll focus strategically on it but like it's not a big deal if i miss five minutes of whispers but anyway back to cody stop being a coward and wrestle lufus though (laughs) that about sums it up is she in canada still because she might not i think she's actually living around pennsylvania okay but yeah, no, like there's a lot of good promotions that'll do intergender matches and they'll do really good jobs with them. So like, you know, let Lufus have a match against Cody. If she wasn't signed with Impact, could have Kimberly come in and, I don't know, beat up on Sulphur and Reynolds. They could reform the cherry bombs. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> what were we talking about? I don't know. Oh, you know who else could come in for, you know, intergender matches? The bird and the bee. Yeah. Like, Solar Darling is genuinely frighteningly attractive in how muscular she is. Yeah. I just, she, oh. Yeah. Everyone peep her Instagram because it's like, it's at regulation Solar Darling. And yeah. We're just going to be gay for the rest of the episode, aren't we? I need a minute. I accidentally went on her Instagram. And by accidentally, I mean on purpose. And by... Anyway, so what other matches do we have to talk about? So we don't go two hours having only talked about fucking four matches. <laughs> and a lot of distractions. Oh, we have the Tunta Championship match with the actual finished belt this time. Yeah, they finally got the belt finished. Uh, the company... Was able to open up and get it done. I'm, I like it more. That's a it's given. It's better. It, it's definitely better. It the red and the gold looks really good. I'm, I don't have like a final say on it yet. I need I need to see it a lot more before I can have a final say on it. No, for sure. Okay, so Scorpius Guy and Cody had their match. It was amazing. I almost thought Scorpius Guy was going to win it a couple times, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then. Mr. Rudy shows up on the Titan Tron, on the big screen, not the Titan Tron. That's copyrighted. And sorry, who shows up on the Mr. Rudy? Okay, uh, shows up there. Challenges for the title shot next Saturday, but he has like the old TNT title, and that's where you get a really good look at how much better this one is. Yeah, I like the friggin' Cody. Do you think your transgressions will go unpunished? <laughs> like. Hang Mega's been dispatched. The Elite have been dispatched. And next Saturday, or Saturday after next Saturday. <laughs> next Dynamite. The ne- On the next episode of Dragon Ball Z, I'm going to take your title. But it's okay. You can have the old one back. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, this is my question. Does Mr. Brody intend to get all of his title matches by just stealing belts? Stealing the belts, <laughs> I think so. I hope that becomes a recurring thing. And they start to acknowledge it in kayfabe. Like, oh, you stole another belt. It's like, this is just, this is kind of weird. <laughs> this is kleptomania at this point. Mr. Brody steals uh, the women's belt and holds it up. He's like, Anna J gets to challenge for this now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that. that's just how this works? Okay. Okay. Weird. Uh, so then, why didn't, that, why didn't that guy who stole the belt in the Longhorn Steakhouse 
get a title shot. <laughs> he didn't know the rules, apparently. <laughs> I just killed Aaron. Aaron was not expecting that. He got halfway at your mouth, and I'm like, oh god, I can't hold back on this. Uh, <laughs> fucking Walmart Steakhouse. <laughs> oh, he did. It was one of the droppers that Jericho killed. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay, so our next match is the tag team championship match between Jurassic Express and Hang Mega. So, Marco Stunt has been getting involved a lot lately. Because he hates Kenny Omega. Because he's being an annoying little crap in a lot of things. Yeah, but also, he has good reason to hate Kenny Omega. Yeah, like it makes sense here, but he's been doing it in other matches, too. So uh, he got a dragon suplex on the outside for that. <laughs> As is tradition. But yeah, no, I mean, like, this was a good match. You know, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus are great. So. Oh, yeah, t- definitely. Jungle Boy is definitely on his way up in the company. Mm-hmm. I think his match with Jericho is like, okay, damn. They're willing to put some effort behind him after that, yeah. Yeah. So, like, another year or two, maybe, I can definitely see, like, the main event picture in AEW being Jungle Boy and Darby and MJF and someone else, probably. Who who are you thinking out of the current roster? I don't know. I only got those three. <laughs> it's like, there's two- I mean, we do have a certain king of a particular style who is very over with the crowds. I don't know if he's going to hit, like, the AEW main event. He'll definitely be in, like, the TNT title picture. Mm-hmm. And he'll definitely probably have a couple runs with it, like, very good ones. I think my favorite... I mean, like, he held the IWTV belt for a while. Yeah. Well, at the, okay, he held the IWTV belt for a little while, lost it for, like, two matches to Chris Statlander, and then got it back. Yeah, that, that was a whole interesting set of of circumstances. A lot of guys have really long runs with that title. Yeah, there's only been, what, seven people who've held it so far? Something like that? Yeah, seven people have held it. Jonathan Gresham, Tracy Williams, Orange Cassidy, Chris Statlander, Orange Cassidy again, Eric Stevens, and... Warhorse, who's held it for 329 days, which makes him the longest reigning by 20 days. Yep. Which will change shortly when he loses his match to a very good professional wrestler. (laughs) I'm so looking forward to that. I don't think a very good professional wrestler is going to win it, though. No? No. I'm curious if a very good professional wrestler comes out with his other title, though. He still has that title. That, that's the thing, though. That company went under, so all their champions are permanent champions now. I mean, uh, who won the Young Lions Cup? That was the Australian kid, right? Yes. Ricky South. Ricky South. Okay, yeah. Who won it back in January. Yeah. Yeah, if Molly McQuay was going to go down to Australia and kick his butt for it. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> we talk about how hermit crab won the young lions cup yeah he did hermit crab is one of my favorite (laughs) like just incredible gimmicks that they have produced also hermit crab hates you because hermit crab hates everyone yes (laughs) okay how many aew performers have won the young lions cup i'm trying to think like did fire ant win it i know soldier ant did i'm trying to think who worked it Chikara. Mm-hmm. I was just gonna, this is a fun one. Because there's a couple ones you wouldn't expect. I don't think Chucky was ever young enough to. I'll say four? Let's see. Beep, 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 beep. Three. Okay. From what I can see here. Chuck Taylor. Okay, he was. Mm-hmm. Orange Cassidy as Fire Ant. Yeah. And then Player Dose. Oh. Yeah. Okay, I see that. So... Yeah, no, there was a, there's a lot of, yeah, it's, it's very interesting uh, to see, like, who's actually won it. There's a lot of history in that list. Mm-hmm. Because I'm pretty sure both Kimberly and Heidi Lovelace are on there. Heidi Lovelace is on there, yes. I don't know that Kimberly is on there, though. Hollow Wicked was the first winner. Yeah. Held it for 602 days. Yeah, they kind of changed the rules after, <laughs> a little bit after that. I, I believe Jigsaw did as well. 
Jigsaw, Larry Sweeney, Shane Storm, Eric Cannon, Max Boyer, then Chuck Taylor won it. Yeah, I didn't think Chuck Taylor was ever in the right range to win it. Chuck Taylor defeated Ricochet at the finals of the Young Lions Cup 5 tournament. Right, because he also trained Ricochet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he used to have to defend the Young Lions Cup. Yeah, you still you still did, yeah. I know that Still Life with Apricots and Pears had 11 defenses. 10. 10? Okay. They won it over Boomer at Young Lions Cup 2019, though. Boomer never got to hold that, unfortunately. He's got plenty of places he can still go. He's oh, yeah. very talented. He and Molly are going to go far. I think the best part is that Whisper won it, but as Ophidian too. Yeah. <laughs> and then started defending it as the Whisper. I appreciate the Whisper a lot. I've been going back and watching some of the stuff, avoiding certain people. Yep. Like, Whisper's really good. Oh yeah, he's amazing. He, Him and Ophidian had a couple matches in Beyond as well, mm-hmm. which are definitely worth finding. I also, Ophidian was in the GCW show that I watched recently. Yep. That was, he had a very good Mucha style match. Also, let's talk about uh, the Whisper's work email, which is shhitsthewhisper at gmail.com. <laughs> anyway, we have more AEW to talk about. I'm sorry we got, so we have the whole salute to tag teams. The NBC presents the salute to fireworks. That's a 30 Rock joke. Oh my god. Yeah, the Tag Team Appreciation Night, which had Arn and Tully, the old Brain Busters, the Rock and Roll Express, the Young Bucks, and FTR Mm -hmm. in the ring. They're all kind of patting each other on the back until Tully takes the microphone and slams into all of them. (laughs) And yells at them, like, "What, what the hell are you for celebrating? None of you have the title idiots mm-hmm. which he's got a point yeah so in the end of that what happens is ftr uh fake a knee injury for the past week apparently mm-hmm. and jump the rock and roll express while everyone is busy escorting tolly and sean spears out i just really really enjoy the fact that ftr is willing to jump a couple of old guys yeah <laughs> i'm really impressed how well the Rock and Roll Express are still willing to take bumps. They still perform. Oh, I know. Like, they were working NWA right up until it closed for uh, the pandemic. Like, I respect the hell out of those guys. Yep. Yeah, uh, Mega and Hangman come out after that. And I think Hangman might have missed the planning meeting where they're going to jump them. Because he looked kind of offended at it. Mm-hmm. It was, it was certainly a thing. And we're definitely getting four horsemen out of this. I assume so. It's definitely FTR and Spears and someone. The Sheeta match was really quick. Yeah. Uh, She was taken on Heather Monroe, who is also a very good talent. Definitely look her up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was less than five minutes, even with the interview afterwards. So it's like, I could tell you how wonderful it was, how counter heavy Heather Monroe was in it. Mm -hmm. But give them more time, please. Yeah, really. Like, it's just, I don't know. They don't have a lot of time for stuff when you spend so much of the fucking episode on a masturbatory congratulations on how good your tag team is. Yeah, but that was pushing the story. I can forgive that. Just stop counting the YouTube-only women's tournament as part of your your runtime. Then we got our main event. Oh my goodness. Orange Cassidy taking on Chris Jericho with $7,000 on the line. So it's probably not a huge spoiler if you're listening to this show. You don't care about spoilers to say that Orange Cassidy did win that match. Mm hmm. He worked that entire match, too. Yeah, it was impressive. Like, I think there was more of an actual wrestling Orange Cassidy in this than in his match with Pop. Absolutely. Like, minute by minute, I think there was. No, and, like, he worked it hard. Like, he, you know, dodging the Judas effect. Like, Jericho grabs the bat. Floyd doesn't make contact with anyone. 
Orange Cassidy hits a falcon arrow, and you know nobody kicks out of those except, surprise, Jericho kicked out of the falcon arrow because everyone kicks out of the falcon arrow. Jericho is really good at hitting his own stuff. The lion salt, the lion tamers, all that. Mm -hmm. uh, he's not so good at taking a mousetrap, though. No. As a producer writes, he just pointed out. It was, it was, it was a great match with a very ugly finish. Yeah, it, it wasn't pretty. It got the job done. And this was after a bunch of interference, too. Mm -hmm. Like, Proud and Powerful ran out, but got cut off by best friends, who, I it seems, were just sitting in the tunnel waiting for someone to run out. Because <laughs> they were right there. <laughs> right, because I think... I think it's a matter of the fact that the best friends were like, why haven't you defended Orange the last couple of times he's gotten beat up? And they're like, you know, look, we don't actually get to come out with him. We just run out after someone else has already beat yeah. him up. So they were waiting this time. They were prepared. Yeah. I think they're still mad about, you know, what happened to Sue's van. Yeah, they're going to get that apology, I think. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was a distraction enough for Hagar to come out and punch Cassidy, but that wasn't enough to put him down. Oh, I guess we should also mention, you know, there's a special guest referee for all of this in 33-year veteran Mike Kyoto. Yeah, no, that was that was that was nice to have a you know a big vet. I would have liked Aubrey to have repped that match. I don't know Aubrey actually posted like she she voluntarily stepped down from that match because it was Mike Kyoto. <laughs> Which is chill, and I appreciate Aubrey but for that. It, it makes sense. I think this was a fun match. I think it was very obviously the highlight of the night. Yeah. Which, again, makes it weird that their headliner, that their fucking whatever wrestling calls it, the main event, mm -hmm. was a singles match on Tag Team Appreciation <laughs> Night. I did notice that as well. <laughs> it's almost like they half-assed this Tag Team Appreciation Night idea. Yeah, it was, you know, half the matches. <laughs> How many singles matches? Three? Uh, Scorpio Sky and Cody, Orange and Jericho. Orange and Jericho, and then Sheeta. Yeah. Then there was Hangman and Omega versus Dress Express, and Dark Order versus Young Bucks. And then, yeah, that was it. Like, m more of the show was singles matches. On Tag Team Appreciation Night. Trust me, I noticed. It's a half-assed idea. I do appreciate that they had the opportunity to go for the evil ref angle, faked it, but didn't actually go for it. Yeah, it, and it wasn't so much evil as bought off. Mm-hmm. Which is... It, it, it's a gray area in that storyline type. I guess it's it's part of capitalism's inherent evil. Yes, definitely. Anyway, no, it was, it was a good... It was good. Do you have any stuff you're looking forward to this weekend from wrestling uh what is there this weekend there's a gcw show i think you're looking forward to there's always a gcw show and they're almost all in jersey and yeah. i really really want to go but i probably shouldn't there's a black label pro show this weekend that's true there is a there is a black label black label pro show i'm looking forward to that let's see what's on the schedule on iwtv by the way y'all we don't have a sponsorship from them yet we should probably contact them. We should. Tomorrow at 8 o'clock in the evening, there is an H2O show. Oh, that could be fun. Yeah, H2O is another Jersey promotion. The best part about the fact that we actually properly responded to the pandemic in New Jersey is the fact that we could have fucking professional wrestling shows in this goddamn state. <laughs> yeah, WWE looked at doing a show in Atlantic City and was told no. <laughs> they don't do it safe plus they'd be like indoors and like yeah no like when it's when it's you know gcw is set up they're outside they're enforcing social distance like the way so the way that they do that is they do cluster seating and you book your tickets in advance there's no door tickets you have to book your tickets in advance they give you the exact number of seats per the tickets you purchase and you are in a cluster on your own mm-hmm you have to wear a mask and there's hand sanitizer stations throughout the venue and they're all outdoors and it works other than occasionally the wrestlers who still give high fives to the fans, which is a really dumb idea. And the ones that'll spill out of the ring into the crowd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least the wrestlers are tested. Yes. That's the other thing. 
the wrestlers are all tested. So yeah, like watch the H2O show, I guess. We should definitely contact TV and see if we get a fucking promo code. <laughs> also, go back to last week and uh, watch Talking Shopamania. Oh god, we didn't talk about Talking Shopamania. <laughs> we did not talk about Talking Shopamania yet. Okay, we've only done an hour and 30 minutes. Do we want to talk about Talking Shopamania? We can go through this pretty quick. It was the worst pay-per-view I've ever seen. <laughs> I've actually seen worse. <laughs> I've seen WWE shows in the 2000s. <laughs> you know, brutal but fair. <laughs> oh, so, so yeah, this thing was wonderful in that they set out to make the worst pay-per-view ever. Absolute worst pay-per-view ever. In, was it Anderson's backyard? It was Gallo's backyard. It was Gallo's backyard, okay. So yeah, Anderson Gallo's, formerly of Bullet Club, the the good brothers whatever else you want to think of them as they put on the worst pay-per-view ever and it was amazing and i think the highest praise i've heard for it so far was from uh wrestling observer online Mm -hmm. where they said they're the absolute worst in professional wrestling is still better than the best of sports entertainment (laughs) I mean, it was like a, it was a 90 minute fucking pay-per-view. It was like $15 or something. It was, there was, there were like no official, official match listings. There was a contract on a tree match. There was a social distance battle royale. <laughs> Which was won by Chico El Luchador. And that was for like the talking shop championship, apparently at the start of the show. Right, which was a which was defended like the twenty four seven championship. Honestly, okay. So Chico El Luchador versus Chavo Guerrero, which wasn't weight... an which was not an official match. No, it wasn't. It was in a weight room. It was Chavo Guerrero trying to kill Chico El Luchador <laughs> and also take his belt. But they're doing their own commentary over the whole thing too, mm-hmm. and it's the most bonkers thing ever and it's amazing and it works it worked really well also teddy long was there he was introduced as oh shit it's teddy long <laughs> and then he wanted to know when he's getting paid mm-hmm. there's a five minute entrance for some guy named nature boy paul lee where he drove up the driveway and got out and walked <laughs> it's very very dumb Nature Boy Paulie versus Frankie Coverdale. It had a headlock. (laughs) The match was a headlock. The match was... No, because the match technically I don't think actually ended. No, that one didn't. They ended up spilling out. I think they ran to a lake and then the pool. They spilled out. They ran into a lake. And there was a headlock that went on in the lake for the rest of the (laughs) pay-per-view. And they just kept going back. There's another match like that, too. And they started the next match while that match was still going. They just kind of wrote it off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they did that with another one, too, that did eventually end. But I don't remember who was in it. Because I didn't take notes on this. I, I found a quick list of stuff. I was like, this was funny. I, was it uh, Was it the ne- I think it might have been the very next match. Probably. George North versus Stump Kowalski. That sounds about... Yes, because they ran into the house. Mm-hmm. There was a lot that went on in that. Dude, this it was so bad. We then had Rory Fox versus Swoggle. Yep. Uh, so yeah, Rory Fox was from MTV True Life. He called out Matt Cardona because eleven years ago Cardona ripped off his trunks and ruined his career. So what happened in this match, aside from the worst cut ever in cinematic wrestling? Oh my god, they... Okay, so that was the best part, is this wasn't filmed over the course of a single night. It was filmed over two days, and everyone just stayed at Gallows' house. Yep. <laughs> so, like, they would cut to different shots, and, like, reshots, but the cut was, like, a very hard, very noticeable cut, because the weather changed. It went from sunny to rainy. Yep. And at one point in the match, uh, Swaggle gets up on the top rope to jump on this guy, mm-hmm. and it, like, does a hard cut right in front of his face mm-hmm. as he's jumping. 
Right. It's the worst looking like, thing ever. And like they do a camera stand in so that you get Swoggle's POV as he jumps. Yep. Just, it was so bad. I enjoy, it was oh boy. So oh, maybe we should rewatch this. We should. We get back to the finish of Stump Kowalski versus George North. Stump Kowalski knocks George North down a slide into a pool and pins him in the pool. Yep. Kind of like how the Young Bucks tried. Yes. Then we get cut to Chico Aluchador pumping iron backstage. Chavo tries to murder him by choking him during his bench press. <laughs> but he fights out of it. Mm -hmm. Chavo accuses him of being on the gas for being yep. so strong. <laughs> he tries to bake Chico Aluchador in a sauna, hoping to sweat him to submission. <laughs> he wins the belt. Because of a pair of atomic drops and then a schoolboy. Yeah. That Chico says to. You know, Chavo says to Chico, he's going to, quote, have sex all over the belt. <laughs> At that point, Chad Too Bad comes out and pins Chavo like a couple seconds later in the next room over. Yeah. <laughs> and Chad Too Bad is in our main event for this one. Yes. The, uh, the boner yard match. Chad Too Bad versus Sex Ferguson. But before that, we get Enzo Amore coming out. Oh god, I forgot about him. Rambling and cursing about how he lost money by coming to this fucking show. Yep. <laughs> and then <laughs> says, so now you have Gallows putting himself over in the main event. Sorry, I just gave away the finish. <laughs> it's amazing. And then we have the Boner Yard match. Which is just a complete riff on the Boneyard match. Which was amazing. Like, they had Anderson got brought out to the ring in a hearse and carried by some druids, except the druids drop the coffin and he falls out. Yeah. And, like, all, all through this match, people are, are just showing up and interfering. Because nobody gives a shit. Like, I think Matt Cardona shows up again just in a lawn chair with someone. Yeah, no, they're just, like chilling out they have a fake arm sticking out of the fucking pile of mulch that they've claimed is a grave <laughs> what do they call it uncle alan i don't remember but it's, it's okay we know you looked out for us in new york they have a flashback vignette to their negotiations with the young bucks to join aew instead of going to ww and like they get texts from triple h saying they're going up to New York. They both get super kicked by the Young Bucks and called Marks. <laughs> so you guys are going to TNA anyway. <laughs> oh, God. The Rock and Roll Express showed up in this one, too. They had a random merch stand. Yeah, they, the Rock and Roll Express had a merch table. <laughs> in Kalos' backyard, they were selling Rock and Roll Express merch. And they sold some. Yeah, no, for the $15 that it costs to watch this abomination, if you enjoy making fun of professional wrestling as much as we do, it's worth watching. Because it's made fun with love. Absolutely. It's the kind of parody that only happens when it's people who love the sport. Yeah. I think we should rewatch that tonight, actually. I will be around, most likely. But yeah, no, we could, we could rewatch that or something tonight. I need to Okay, we need to wrap this fucking episode up, though. Yeah, we're getting up, we're getting long now. Yeah, I mean, like, we're at an hour 40, and I'm sweaty. Aaron, what's your recommendation for this week? I'm going to go along with the tag team theme a bit more than AEW did. Okay. So, I'm actually going to throw you the Golden Lovers, who are Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi. If you don't know that, please stop listening. <laughs> versus the Young Bucks at Strong Style Evolve 2018. That was... The, that was the match that was basically um, Hangman and Omega versus the Young Bucks. Yeah. But gayer. There are so many simul similarities with this that it is definitely worth watching. And then, honestly, go and watch Young Bucks versus uh, Hangman and Omega again and see where they improved. Mm -hmm. Also, I'm not saying that any particular performers have any duty to reveal more of themselves than they feel comfortable revealing but representation matters if you're listening it would mean a hell of a lot 
to the LGBTQ wrestling fandom if it was a more public thing. I'm just saying. It would be a real alpha move if he were to be open and honest with who he is. Also, my personal recommendation for recommendations of what to watch. Uh, watch Effie's Monday Not Raw, where he watches indie wrestling matches and is sassy gay about it. Yeah. Yeah, this week he actually did another Omega match, which was Omega and Asuka against Hikaru Shida and Masato Tanaka. And there's a lot of talent in this match. There's a lot of talent in this match. And it focuses on everyone's ass. Good to know. <laughs> there are so many ass spots in this match, because they can. Good to know. I'll have to watch that match. <laughs> Okay, do you want to take us out? Do I want to take us out? Yeah, I start. Will you leave? <laughs> I think so. Okay, everyone, thank you very much for watching tonight. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. That's YouTube. Don't forget to follow. Don't forget to... We don't have subscription available on... Don't forget to follow. Check us out on Patreon. Check us out on Patreon. Buy coffee from Grinding Coffee Company using the code SOSAS at checkout. Buy my games. Buy Aaron's game, which she made today. Cobalt Daycare Simulator. Orphanage Simulator. <laughs> right, Cobalt Orphanage Simulator. I'm just going to throw it into your solo game, Jam. Okay, yeah, it's, go for it. It's allowed. There's what? By the time this comes out, the game jam will have been over. So, when this episode comes out, if you listen on the fucking, what's it called? Podcast. If you listen to the podcast, at this point, you'll be able to purchase the bundle for the solo games jam i will provide a link for Aaron to put in the show notes for when this episode comes out that is all i've had to say i have been your host cat that's been your host Aaron, and by that i mean she Aaron, say a thing what's your catchphrase i don't have one perfect <laughs> i need alcohol to deal with you <laughs> in the meantime everyone thank you all again and don't forget to be gay. Mwah. And do crimes bang. Marking Out With My Girlfriend is a production of Sosa's Media. Check us out at S-O-S-E-S dot C-A. Music has been provided by Sounds Like an Earful. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's Marking Out With My Girlfriend. The episode where I didn't watch a lot of AEW this week because I was watching <laughs> Deathmatch stuff. Because I wanted to watch indie wrestling. I mean, that's fair. I think you just wanted to watch the blood, really. Look, we're not going to talk about blood and, um, 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 this, um. <laughs> Thank you for coming to work out with my girlfriend. Cat is too flustered now. Look. Look, I was just going to say you have a thing for deathmatch wrestling. You took it somewhere else right there. <laughs> okay, but you're the one who brought up the blood. Yeah, because deathmatch wrestling involves a lot of blood. Okay, well, we haven't started the episode, so it doesn't count.